हेलो फ्रेंड्स गुड मॉर्निंग राइट टू फ्रीडम प्रोटेक्शन ऑफ सिक्स राइट्स आर्टिकल 19 गारंटीज टू ऑल सिटीजन्स द सिक्स राइट्स दीज आर राइट टू फ्रीडम ऑफ स्पीच एंड एक्सप्रेशन राइट टू असेंबल पीसफुली एंड विदाउट आर्म्स राइट टू फॉर्म एसोसिएशंस और यूनियंस और कोऑपरेटिव सोसाइटीज राइट टू मूव फ्रीली थ्रू आउट द टेरिटरी ऑफ इंडिया right to reside and settle in any part of the territory of india and last one right to practice any profession or to carry on any occupation trade or business originally article 19 contained seven rights but the right to acquire hold and dispose of property was deleted by the 44th amendment or act of 1978 these 6 rights are protected against only state action and not private individuals moreover these rights are available only to the citizens and to shareholders of a company but not to foreigners or legal persons like companies or corporations etc the state can impose reasonable restrictions on the enjoyment of these six rights only on the grounds mentioned in the article 19 itself and not on any other grounds freedom of speech and expression it implies that every citizen has the right to express his views opinions belief and convictions freely by word of mouth writing printing picturing or any other manner the supreme court held that the freedom of speech and expression includes the following right to propagate one's views as well as views of others freedom of the press freedom of commercial and uh, sorry freedom of, freedom of commercial advertisements right against tapping of telephonic conversation right to telecast that is government has no monopoly on electronic media right against a band called by a political party or organization right to know what government activities uh, sorry right to know about uh, government activities freedom of silence right against imposition of free censorship on a newspaper right to demonstrate or uh, right to demonstration or uh, picketing but not right to strike very important you have right to demonstration or picketing but not right to strike then the state can impose reasonable restrictions on the exercise of the freedom of speech and expression on the grounds of sovereignty and integrity of india security of the state friendly relations with foreign states public order decency or morality contempt uh, contempt of court defamation and incitement to an offence freedom of assembly every citizen has the right to assemble peacefully and without arms it includes the right to hold public meetings demonstrations and take out processions this freedom can be exercised only on public land and the assembly must be peaceful and unarmed this provision does not protect uh, violent disorderly uh, riotous assemblies or one that causes breach of public peace or one that involves arms this right does not include the right to strike the state can impose reasonable restrictions on the exercise of right of assembly on two grounds namely sovereignty and integrity of india and public order including the maintenance of traffic in the area concerned under section Uh, uh, 
144 और 144 ऑफ क्रिमिनल प्रोसीजर कोड 1973 अ मैजिस्ट्रेट कैन रिस्ट्रेन एन असेंबली मीटिंग और प्रोसेशन इफ देयर इज रिस्क ऑफ ऑब्स्ट्रक्शन एनॉयंस और डेंजर टू ह्यूमन लाइफ हेल्थ और सेफ्टी और डिस्टरबेंस ऑफ द पब्लिक पब्लिक ट्रैंक्विलिटी और राइट और एनी एफरे अंडर सेक्शन 141 ऑफ द इंडियन पिनल कोड एज असेंबली ऑफ फाइव और मोर पर्सनस बिकम्स अनलॉफुल इफ द ऑब्जेक्ट इज टू रजिस्ट द एग्जीक्यूशन ऑफ एनी लॉ और लीगल प्रोसेस बी टू फोर्सिबली ऑक्यूपाई द प्रॉपर्टी ऑफ सम पर्सन देन टू कमिट एनी मिस्टिप और क्रिमिनल ट्रिस्पास देन टू फोर्स सम पर्सन टू डू एन इलीगल एक्ट एंड लास्ट वन टू थ्रेटन द गवर्नमेंट और इट्स ऑफिशियल्स ऑन एक्सरसाइजिंग लॉफुल पावर्स फ्रीडम ऑफ एसोसिएशन ऑल सिटीजन्स हैव द राइट टू फॉर्म एसोसिएशन और यूनियंस और कोऑपरेटिव सोसाइटीज it includes the right to form political parties companies partnership uh, partnership firms societies clubs organizations trade unions or any anybody of uh, persons uh, it it not in only includes the right to start an association or union but also to continue with the association or union as such further it covers the negative right of uh, not to form or join any an association or union <clears throat> reasonable restrictions can be imposed on the exercise of this right by the state on the grounds of sovereignty and integrity of india public order and morality subject to these restrictions the citizens have uh, complete liberty to form associations or unions for for pursuing lawful objectives and purposes however the right to obtain recognition of the association is not a fundamental right The Supreme Court held that the trade unions have no guaranteed right to effective bargaining or right to a uh, strike or right to declare a lockout. The right to strike can be controlled by an appropriate industrial law. Freedom of movement. This this freedom entitles every citizen to move freely throughout uh, to move freely throughout uh, the territory of the country. He can move freely from one state to another or from one place to another within a state this right underline the idea that india is one unit so far as uh, the citizens are concerned thus the purpose is to promote national freedom and not uh, parochialism the grounds of imposing reasonable restrictions on this freedom are two namely the interest of general public and the protection of interest of any scheduled tribe the entry of outsiders in tribal areas is a uh, restricted to protect the distinctive culture language customs and manners of scheduled tribes and uh, be uh, and to safeguard their traditional vocation and properties against exploitation the supreme court held that the freedom of movement of uh, prostitutes can be restricted on the ground of public health and in the interest of public morals the mumbai high court validated the restrictions on the movement of persons affected by aids the freedom of movement has two dimensions one is a internal right to move inside the country and external right to move out of the country and right to come back to the country article 19 protects only the first dimension the second dimension is dealt by article 21 right to life and personal liberty freedom of residence 
Every citizen has the right to reside and settle in any part of the territory of the country. This right has two parts. The right to reside in any part of the country which means to stay at any place temporarily. Uh, B. Uh, the right to settle in any part of the country which means to set up a home or domicile at any place permanently. This right is intended to remove internal barriers within the country or between any of its parts. This promotes nationalism and uh, avoids narrow-mindedness. The state can impose reasonable restrictions on the exercise of this right on two grounds, namely the interest of general public and the protection of interest of any scheduled tribes. The right of outsiders to reside and settle in tribal areas is restricted to protect the distinctive culture, language, customs and manners of scheduled tribes and to safeguard their traditional vocation and properties against exploitation. In many parts of the country, the uh, tribals have have been permitted to regulate their property rights in accordance with their customary rules and laws. The Supreme Court held that certain areas can be banned for certain kinds of persons like prostitutes and habitual offenders. From the above, it is clear that the right to residence and the right to movement are overlapping to some extent. Both are complementary to each other. Freedom of profession, etc. All citizens are given the right to practice any profession or to carry on any occupation, trade or business. This right is very wide as it covers all the means of earning one's livelihood. The state can impose reasonable restrictions on the exercise of this right in the interest of the general public. Further, the state is empowered to a uh, prescribe professional or technical qualifications necessary for practicing any profession or carrying on any occupation, trade or business and b carry on by itself any trade, business, industry or service whether to exclu uh, exclusion, complete or partial of, the of citizens or otherwise. Thus, no objection can be made when the state carries on a trade, business, industry or service either as a monopoly, complete or partial to the exclusion of citizens all or uh, some only or in, com or in competition with any citizen. The state is not required to uh, justify its monopoly. This right does not include the right to carry on a profession or business or trade or occupation that is immoral, traffic, uh, trafficking in women or children or dangerous harmful drugs or explosive etc. The state can absolutely prohibit these or regulate them through licensing. Second protection in respect of conviction for offenses article 20. Uh, article 20 grants protection against arbitrary and excessive punishment to an accused person whether citizen or or foreigner or or legal person like a company or a corporation it contains three provisions in that direction a or first one no exposed facto law no person shall be convicted of any offense except for violation of a law in force at the time of the commission of the act nor subjected to a penalty greater than that prescribed by the law in force at the time of the commission of the act very important provision no ex post facto law i'll repeat no person shall be convicted of any of offense except for violation of a law in force at the time of the commission of the act nor subjected to a penalty greater than that prescribed by the law in force at the time of the commission of the act second no double jeopardy 
no person no person shall be prosecuted and punished for the same offense more than once clear third no self incrimination no person accused of any offense shall be compelled to be a witness about himself an ex post facto law is one that imposes penalties retrospectively or retroactively that is upon acts already done or which increases the penalties for such acts the enactment of such a law is prohibited by the first provision of article 20 however this limitation is imposed only on criminal laws and not on civil laws or tax laws in other words a civil liberty or a tax can be imposed retrospectively further this provision prohibits only conviction or sentence under an ex post facto criminal law and not the trial thereof finally the protection or immunity under this provision cannot be claimed in case of preventive detention or demanding security from a person the protection against double jeopardy is available only in proceedings before a court of law or a judicial tribunal in other words it is not available in proceedings before departmental or administrative authorities as they are not of judicial nature the protection against self in uh, incrimination extends to both oral evidence and documentary evidence however it does not extend to first compulsory production of uh, material objects second compulsion to give thumb impressions specimen signature blood specimens and third compulsory exhibition of the body further it extends only to criminal proceedings and not to civil proceedings or proceedings which are not of criminal nature article 21 protection of life and personal liberty article 21 says that no person shall be deprived of his life or personal liberty except according to procedure established by law this right is available to both citizens and non citizens okay In the famous Gopalan case in 1950, the Supreme Court has taken a narrow interpretation of the Article 21. It held that the protection under Article 21 is available only against arbitrary executive action and not from arbitrary legislative action. This means that the state can deprive the right to life and personal liberty of a person based on a law. This is because of the expression procedure established by law in Article 21, which is different from the expression due process of law contained in the American Constitution. Hence, the validity of a law that has prescribed a procedure cannot be questioned on the ground that uh, the law is unreasonable, unfair, or unjust. Secondly, the Supreme Court held that the personal liberty means only liberty relating to the person. person or a body of the individual but in manika case in 1978 the supreme court overruled its judgment in the gopalan case by taking a wider interpretation of the article 21 therefore it, therefore it ruled that the right to life and personal liberty of a person can be deprived by a law provided the procedure described by that law is reasonable fair and just in other words it has introduced the american uh, American expression due to process of law. In fact, uh, sorry, in effect, the protection under Article Twenty One should be available not only against arbitrary executive action, but also against arbitrary legislative action. Okay. Uh, 
Further, the court held that the right to life as embodied in Article 21 is not merely confined to animal existence or survival, but it includes within its ambit the right to live with uh, uh, human dignity and all those aspects of life which go to make a man's life meaningful, complete and worth living. It also ruled that the expression personal liberty in Article 21 is of the widest amplitude and it covers a variety of rights that go to constitute the personal liberties of a man. The Supreme Court has reaffirmed its judgment in the Menka case in the subsequent cases. It has declared the following rights as part of Article 21. Right to live with human dignity, right to decent environment including pollution-free water and air and protection against hazardous industries, uh, right to livelihood, right to privacy, right to shelter, right to health, right to free education up to 14 years of age, right to free legal aid, right against a soli uh, solitary confinement, right to speedy trial, right against handcuffing, and uh, uh, right against hum uh, inhuman treatment, right against delayed execution, right uh, to travel abroad, right against bonded labor, right against custodial harassment, right to emergency medical aid, right to timely medical treatment in government hospital, right not to be driven out of a state, right to fair trial, right of prisoner to have necessities of life, right of women to be treated with decency and dignity, right against public hanging, right to hearing, right to information, right to reputation. Article 21A, Right to Education. <coughs> Article 21A says that, the state shall provide free and compulsory education to all children of the age of 6 to 14 years in such a manner as the state may determine. Thus, this provision makes only elementary education of a fundamental right and not higher or professional education. This provision was added by the 86th Constitutional Amendment Act of 2006. This amendment is a major milestone in the country's aim to achieve education for all. The government described this step as the dawn of uh, the second revolution in the chapter of citizens' rights. Even before this amendment, the constitution contained a provision for free and compulsory education for children under Article 45 in Part 4. However, being a directive principle, it was not enforceable by the court. Now, there is a scope for judicial intervention in this regard. This amendment changed the subject matter of Article 45 in directive principles. Now it reads, <clears throat> The state shall endeavor to provide early childhood care and education for all children until they complete the age of 6 years. It also added a new fundamental uh, duty under Article 51A that uh, reads, It shall be the duty of every citizen of India to provide opportunities for education to his uh, child or ward between the age of 6 and uh, 14 years. In 1993 itself, the Supreme Court re recognized a fundamental right to primary education in the right to life under Article 21. It held that every child or citizen of this country has a right to free education uh, until he completes the age of uh, uh, 14 years. Thereafter, his right to education is subject to the limits of economic capacity and development of the state. In this judgment, the court overruled its earlier judgment in 1992, which declared that there was a fundamental right to education up to any level, including professional education like medicine and engineering. 
In pursuance of Article 21A, the Parliament enacted the right of children to pre and compulsory education, that is, the RTA Act 2009. This Act seeks to provide that every child has a right to be provided full-time elementary education of satisfactory and equitable equality in a formal in a formal school which satisfies certain essential norms and standards. This legislation is uh, anchored in the belief that the values of uh, equality, social justice and democracy and the creation of a just and human society can be achieved only through provision of inclusive elementary education to all. Article 22 Protection Against Arrest and Detention Article 22 grants protection to persons who are arrested or detained. Detention is of two types namely punitive and preventive punitive det detention is to uh, punish a person person for an offense committed by him after trial and uh, conviction in a court preventive detention on the other hand means detention of a person without trial and conviction by a court its uh, purpose is not to punish a person for a past offense but to prevent him from committing an office uh, but but uh, uh, to prevent him from committing an offense in the near future. Thus, preventive detention is only a precautionary measure and based on suspicion. Article 22 has two parts. The first part deals with the cases of ordinary law and the second part deals with the cases of preventive detention law. Uh, First, the first part of Article 22 confers the following rights on a person who is arrested or detained under an ordinary law. Uh, first, right to be informed on the grounds of um, arrest and uh, right to consult and be defended by a legal practitioner, right to be produced before a magistrate within, within 24 hours excluding the journey of time. Uh, right to be released after 24 hours unless the magistrate authorizes further detention. These safeguards are not available to an alien or a person arrested or detained under a preventive detention law. The Supreme Court also ruled that the arrest and detention in the first part of Article 22 do not cover arrest under the orders of court, civil arrest, arrest on failure to pay the income tax and deportation of an alien. They apply only to an act of a criminal or quasi-criminal nature or some activity prejudicial to public interest. The second part of Article 22 grants protection to persons who are arrested or detained <coughs> Sorry, under a preventive detention law. This protection is available to both citizens as well as aliens and includes the following. The detention of a person cannot exceed three months unless an advisory board reports sufficient cause for extended detention. The board is to consist of judges of a high court. The grounds of detention should be communicated to the detainee. However, the facts considered to be against the public interest need not be disclosed. The detainee should be afforded an opportunity to make a representation against the detention order. Article 22 also authorizes the parliament to prescribe uh, first the circumstances and the classes of cases in which a person can be detained for more than three months under a preventive detention law without obtaining the opinion of an advisory body and second the maximum period for which a person can be detained in any classes of uh, cases under a preventive detention law and third the procedure to be followed by an advisory board in an inquiry the 44th amendment act of 1978 has uh, reduced uh, the period of detention without obtaining the uh, opinion of an advisory board from three to 
two months however this provision has not yet been brought into force and the original period of three months still continues the constitution has divided the legislative power with regard to preventive detention between the parliament and the state legislature the parliament has exclusive authority to make a law of preventive detention for reasons connected with defense foreign affairs and the security of india both the parliament as well as uh, the state legislatures can concurrently make a law of preventive detention for reasons connected with the security of a state the maintenance of public order and the maintenance of supplies and services essential to the community the preventive preventive detention laws made by the parliament are first preventive detention act 1950 expired in 1969 maintenance of internal security act that is a misa 1971 repealed in 1978 Con, uh, conservation of foreign exchange and prevention of smuggling activities um, act that is cope uh, cope 1974 national security act that is nasa 1980 prevention of black marketing and maintenance of supplies of essential commodities act uh, 1980 terrorist and disruptive activities prevention act that is tada uh, uh, sorry tada 1985 repealed in 1995 uh, 1985 tada act and it repealed in 1995 Prevention of illicit traffic in narcotic drugs and psych- uh, psychotropic substances act that is PITNDT uh, SA 1988 prevention of terrorism act that is POTA 2002 repealed in 2004 it is unfortunate to know that uh, no democratic country in the world has made preventive detention as an integral part of the constitution as has been done in india it is unknown in india in usa it was resorted to in britain only during first and second world war time in india preventive detention existed even during the british rule for example the british bengal uh, sorry the, the the bengal state prisoners uh, regulation of 1880 and the defense of india act of 1939 provided for preventive detention so thank you friends thank you in next episode we will see the remaining part of the chapter thank you